0: Psalm 66 is a psalm praising God's mighty works. The deeds of God are so incredible that all nations will see or hear of them and come begging to God for mercy. Now, the specific deed that the psalmist has in mind is likely the Exodus. In verse 6, we read that he turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the river on foot. There did we rejoice in him. And that's all, of course, referring to the Red Sea crossing. In verse 10, we read that you, O God, have tested us, you have tried us as silver is tried. And that's likely referring to the wilderness wanderings where God tested Israel. And finally, we see the inheritance of the promised land in verse 12. It says that you let men ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, yet you have brought us out to a place of abundance. These are the great things that God has done for Israel. And the only thing the psalmist can think to do is to come to God in full obedience as his response. He offers sacrifice, he keeps the vows that he's promised to God in his desperation, and he glorifies God by telling the world about God's deliverance. Now there's a very important order of operations going on in this psalm. God does his work, and then we do ours. God doesn't save anybody because they earn it through sacrifice, prayer, or any other means. He saves them because that's who he is. Everything that we do after that act of salvation is merely the proper response to the grace. We thank God and live honor of him through our obedience. And that's the balance we need to strike between grace and good works. You've been saved by God, so live like it. Moving on to Psalm 67, we have the joyous request for that good grace. The psalmist isn't in any apparent danger or dire straits. They just want all the world to experience the joy of God's grace. And this grace is expressed in multiple ways. The psalmist prays for God's face to shine on us. They want God to show up, to look at us, to be concerned and pay attention so that we can be saved. And the psalmist wants God's face to shine not just on Israel, but on all the earth. Everyone should know God's way and saving power. This is a wish for God to finish what he promised to Abraham so long ago in Genesis 12 verses 1-3. through In that passage, God promised Abraham that he would be a mighty nation, And that through this mighty nation, Israel, blessings would come to all families. In this new reality, where all nations praise God, we see God helping us in two ways. He judges and he guides us. Now, judgment doesn't sound very good, but it is a great thing in the hands of God, because he judges with equity. But something that should concern us is that even with God's equitable judgment, we don't stand any chance on our own. We don't know the ways of God, and we end up following our own paths of destruction. But that's where the second blessing comes in. It's God's guidance. God doesn't just drop us off in the world and tell us good luck. He actively guides us through life so that we can stand before him on the day of judgment and without fear. All of this should lead us to the imperative that Psalm 67 lays out time and time again. Praise God. The psalm concludes with the assertion that the earth has yielded its increase and that God will continually bless us. Now, we can limit this and just think of this as an increase of crops, but I also want to consider that Jesus, multiple times, says that the fields are white with harvest. And he's not talking about crops. He's talking about evangelistic opportunities. So maybe this psalm isn't just talking about the earth yielding food, but also a new crop of God's people, not just from Israel, but from the ends of the earth. If that's what the psalmist is praying for, then that's what we've been seeing today. You and I, we were never a part of Israel. We were never descended from Abraham, but through his seed and through Jesus, we've been brought into the family of God.